The only people for me are the mad ones. The world is filled with the boring and the barely conscious. The misery loves company. But we don't have to live this way. Jessica and I are here to talk to those the system rejects, to radicals and thought criminals. The ones who never yawn or say a commonplace thing, but push the boundaries of acceptable discourse. Those who stare reality in the face and dare it to be different. History isn't made by the timid, and fun is not had by the perpetually afraid. We are the mad ones. So let's get to it. Welcome to the Mad Ones and Merry Christmas. I'm your holy crap, Jessica. Christmas is this weekend, and I I, I can prove that definitively by the hat that I'm wearing. <laughs> Host Cam Harless, and with me as always is your still doesn't have a visible Christmas tree behind her, and thus I am very disappointed. Hostess Miss Jessica Green. Um, if it makes you feel any better, that blanket behind me has Christmas elves on it. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, that's something. I'll take yeah. it. I'll take it. My, I'll take it's my it. dog's blanket, but <laughs> well, I just I just love that last week at our our Christmas party, you dressed up as an elf. You went full on into it. Love yeah. that you did that. It was it was really something else. Though to be fair, at four foot eleven inches, I'm pretty much dressed as a Christmas elf all year round. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Anytime you throw on some green, you're an elf. Yes. Uh, so we have a show about the the stepdad of Jesus, the adoptive father of Jesus today, which I'm excited about because I feel like he gets such little press that it's criminal. And, you know, I did some some reading and some watching of some stuff earlier to kind of refresh my memory. I mean, it's not, there's only a few verses about him really in the Bible, but mm-hmm. just to kind of refresh that part of it. And there's some things that I was able to notice that I hadn't noticed before. And so I'm really, I'm really thrilled to talk about it. So speaking of him being the stepdad in the image um, that you chose for the background image, Joseph is pointing at a tool that Jesus is handing him. And he's got this look on his face, like that is not the Phillips head screwdriver. So (laughs) I really, I really appreciated the stepdaddiness of the picture that you chose. (laughs) The Jesus in his full humanity of wrong screwdriver. (laughs) This um, one? No. <laughs> but before we break into that, we should let people know about the things we let them know every week, which is our sponsors, because we have a couple. Uh, one being our coffee sponsor, which mm. I'm last, let's see, when did, I, I know that before this episode, in one of them, I had one of our Christmas mugs mm. that I made especially for this. And it's, if you get a Christmas mug, and you get the run your mouth coffee, the bourbon barrel aged coffee. That's heaven in a cup. You'll so be all set. you can do that. Righteousfelon.com. Use the promo or RYM. I got all kind of confused. Run your mouth coffee. RYMcoffee.com. Use promo code the mad ones. Speaking or, of righteous melon, if you like beef jerky, righteousfelon.com. Pick up some Nelson Mandela. Promo code mad ones. Um, so you know it's been really cool is we've been doing this Bible study. And so we've we've been walking through John, we're, we're breaking into Luke, we're doing all of that. And w- w- as we did this, we uh, struck up a friendship with mm-hmm. Hugh the Abolitionist. And uh, we were talk- I was talking to him about, you know, in, in a kind of fit of what the heck am I going to do after I got ghosted by a couple of people 
as guests, it happens. Why don't, if someone says, Hey, I want you to come on my, I, I want you to come on my show. And you say, you can say no, you don't have to say yes. And then <laughs> duck messages. You can just say no, that's fine. I'm fine with that. Uh, but I was talking to Q about what he would want to talk about. And that's, that's where this whole episode comes from. So I'm very happy uh, to introduce him in a second, but I do need to mention people get to watch this early if they're patrons and you should become a patron at patreon.com slash the mad ones. Hi so. patrons. <laughs> uh, but to, I even, I spoiled the reveal of who's on the show, but let me go ahead and introduce him. Uh, tonight we're joined by a man that I've been able to get to know over the past few weeks due to our Bible study, a man who interviews with the best of them on his show, Unshackled Liberty, a man with a strong beard and a stronger sense of morality, Mr. Q, the abolitionist. What's up, man? How you doing? <laughs> doing all right. All right. Strong beard. You like the beard? Yes, we totally That's judge good. our guests by their beards oh, yeah. and rank them to. according to their beard strength. So Where you're pretty high you, up you, on the list there, pal. You got a strong, like, consistent beard. Like yes. my, it, it reminds me, like my dad had, like, I'm, I'm still like, this is still not as, as lovely as I want it to be. But like my dad, it was like a perfect line of beard. Like it was, there was not a patch in sight. It was thick and, I mean, it was, I, I have much to live up to. You'll but, get there. You know, yours, yours is better than me in its consistency. I wish, so I, I wish I, I could grow it longer. I am limited. I'm limited by, by the, the woman in my life. Mrs. Abolitionist mm -hmm. does not want it to be unruly and, you know, she's got to <laughs> kiss me, man, you know, or at least I want her to kiss me. Right. So, you know, it's like, uh, I gotta, I gotta do what I can to keep, keep her happy. She's, she's, uh, she doesn't actually like the beard at all. Oh, frankly. okay. So, oh. so I, I've, I've worked kind of this deal out with her that, that the four beard months of the year, I'll grow a beard and then the rest of the year I'll, I'll not have one. She likes the three or four day, five day scruff, but after that she doesn't like it. So mm. in, in our, in our family, it's September beard, October beard, November beard, December beard. So there's, I've four never months. seen you yeah. without yeah. a beard. That's well, going to be very shocking for me. Yeah. Yeah. Do you so, ever see those videos of the toddler who's never seen his dad without a beard? Mm-hmm. And then he shaves the beard and shows it to the kid, and the kid freaks out. That's gonna be me when you shave your beard. <laughs> my son, my son hates that I don't. You know, my son's ten, and he loves the beard. Yeah. You know, plus, yeah, he's like, he's like, Dad, that's, you grow a great beard. You should just keep it. And you know, so, but I do. I take it off, and he gets upset. You know, whatever. But you know, I don't sh show my face very often when I don't yeah. have mm. a beard because I do right. like my beard a lot. I do, and I yeah. know that sounds kind of vain or stupid or whatever you want to say, but like I. I miss, I, to, to me, know, it doesn't. I like it because well, because I, I I have a beard all yeared. There's no there's no a beard all yeared. <laughs> it's all yeared. It's all yeared long. Um, <laughs> you know what we call men without beards? Women. 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 Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I appreciate that she at least lets you have the four or five day scruff as it's, to delineate you from the female I wanna, sex. I want to be I want to be clear. It's not a let. You okay. Know, you know fair what enough, I mean? Like, like I, 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 I love my wife and I respect her wishes and it's a choice that I make to, to, you know, if my wife was doing something that I hated every day and she just kept doing it, it would drive me up a wall. Yeah. So me having a beard, is kind of like, this is a little, you know, it's, it's a me thing. I get to do it for a while, but then I realize that it's not her favorite thing because I love her and I respect her and I want to honor her wishes. I, I trim it down for the rest of the year. You know, and 
I mean, that might sound silly to a lot of people and understand it, but you know, what are you gonna do? Well, my wife would divorce trim. me. Yeah. My wife would divorce me if I shaved my beard. She doesn't like it when I trim my mustache. Really? Marriage is a give and take. You it's, have it's, to give a little and take a little. And <laughs> I've even I've even told her, I said, you know, there's a lot of ladies out there that like beards. Oh yeah. <laughs> And, she, oh, yeah. and she, just, she stops and she does the whole, like, where are you going with this? I'm like, you should try to be one of them. <laughs> you know, I don't. <laughs> this is cute. Like, no, 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 no. We're not doing that. I'm just saying you should try to maybe be one of them. That's all, you know. I'm not, I'm not looking. I'm not looking. I promise. Yeah. Have you tried yeah. liking beards? <laughs> be really cool if oh, you did. Dear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> be a lot cooler if what, you did. What are we doing? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> speaking of beards, like all of our favorite person ever had one, which is the Lord. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's right. And, and I'm pretty sure his uh, his foster adoptive stepfather, Joseph, had one too, because they they rocked beards back in the day. But like that's the time pe period to if you want a beard, that's a time period to live in. Well, Jesus' yeah. beard was blonde, and he had blue eyes, right? Absolutely, I am. I I have been <laughs> cast as Jesus. I'm just I'm just kidding. Several I times. I was trying to according to the <laughs> according I've to the Caesar Berger version of Christ. Yes, he's blonde and I've been cast as Jesus in church plays a couple of times, and I'm always like, I'm too Aryan for this, guys. Yeah, look at me. I look like <laughs> yeah. I, I, lo I look like what. Now, I I won't go too far into that line of joking, but you know what I mean. Like I'm I'm way too G German Irish Viking looking for this. Yeah, but this is not Same. this is not how it works. We but you My know this is the time of year though that where we where we get the onslaught of, I mean you've seen it already I'm sure. Uh, you know the European the European Jesus right like I mean this is probably not, yeah. this isn't the topic we want to talk about on the show. I'm sorry for bringing it up, but I mean yeah, okay. I just think it's silly. I just think it's silly that you know we we have to defend. You know the, the the Middle Ages paintings of of a European Jesus that was you know painted by Europeans, so they're gonna right. have like some similarities there, right? So I don't know. I just I, like my favorite the my favorite is when you're on Twitter and somebody goes, you know, Jesus had brown skin, and I'm like, yeah, probably he was a Mediterranean yeah. Jew from two thousand years yeah. ago. Is this most, what you consider a gotcha? Yeah, most likely. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think most I of us are, are yeah. okay with that. Yeah, yeah. That's what I love is the arguments are like. They, they act like most of us are going, well, you know, Jesus was white, right? We're not all Ann Coulter. We don't think that. <laughs> yeah. Like, and so, and, and I'm like, enough of so, an Adam's apple to be Ann Coulter, I'm afraid. <laughs> Jesus' last name was, was O'Houlihan. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jesus McGillicuddy. Yep. Um, right. But yeah, like, it, but they, they always argue another non true statement, which is he was black or this or that. And it's like, he was a Mediterranean person. Yeah. He was a, he was Jewish. He probably looked a lot like the people that are there now. He probably yeah. looked a lot like a Greek man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like what is and also, what does it matter? It doesn't. <laughs> we don't like him because of how doesn't. he looks. No. It doesn't matter. That's the yeah. least important point about Christ, I think, mm -hmm. is what um, SPF he needed, you know. <laughs> He was bathed in the light of the transfiguration, which I'm pretty sure, um, you know, you need wow, some pretty nice hearty skin to deal with, right? <laughs> so a, it's cool, guys. Right, right. It's cool. Though I am sure the apostles that went up on the mountain with him for the transfiguration came back with something of a tan. Could you There's imagine no being, way. 
Could you imagine doing yeah. that? No. Could you imagine it, doing that? Like, like think about it. So I read when I read the Bible, I, 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 I don't know if you guys probably do the same thing. Um, I put myself in it, you know, yeah. like I use my imagination. I go, okay, what's this? What would this look like to me? You know? Yeah. Um, and the transfiguration, the Mount of Transfiguration, I just was like, that would be some wild stuff to see that happen in front of me. Yep. Yeah. Could you imagine that? Sorry. I would love I, to I, I imagine. Like, I think we talked about it in the Bible study. I don't know if we've talked about it elsewhere. We talked about it with, we've talked about it. Uh, I talk about it all the time. It's like one but of my the, favorite stories. <laughs> the fact is like the transfiguration is so cool because it were, it was human beings seeing yeah. uh, what a, the resurrected glorified body looks like mm -hmm. well before the time they were, they thought they ever would. Yeah. So it's like this really cool situation where not only did they see Jesus talking to Moses and Elijah and they saw these great heroes of their, of their faith, but they also saw a glimpse into the future and into the resurrection. And that's, yeah. I, I would, I'd kill for that. And I say that wicked, jokingly awesome. because I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't kill for it because <laughs> he'd want me to do the opposite. I'm sure you're not supposed to do that. I think you missed, you missed, yeah, you missed something along the way there, Cam. Not supposed to do that Can, I want to get into Joseph, but there, there's been something that's been bothering me lately that yeah. I kind of want to talk about, um, which it's it's kind of surrounding the world at large, the coronavirus stuff, mm -hmm. the uh, Rittenhouse case that happened already, and there's already been a verdict that we totally know. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like uh -huh. I, I, I keep seeing on you know Twitter and in direct messages all of these wishes of harm from Christians mm. against these different people, and it's like, yeah, no, I don't like Tony Fauci all that much. I don't, I don't like Bill Gates. I don't like all these different people. But it, it, it's been something that's really hit me deeply lately, where I'm just like saddened when I hear it, because. That's not supposed to be us. That's what the world does. Yeah, we're supposed to. You know to what I mean? <laughs> I'm not we're not supposed to hope that people die for this reason or that reason. Like it's 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 been hitting me hard lately. And so I just wow. wanted to mention that. Please stop. <laughs> yeah. If you're a Christian and people are talking about someone who's your worldly enemy. Hope for forgiveness, reconciliation with Christ, a change of heart. Don't hope for their death, please. It's Christmas saw, for God's sake. I saw somebody on Facebook saying, this is a person who runs in, um, you know, various Christian circles that I run in on Facebook, saying something along the lines of, am I supposed to love people who want to kill me? And I was yes. like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I guess you thought the love your enemies part of the story didn't apply to you, but it does. Like, if you call yourself a Christian, you are supposed to especially love the people who want to kill you they're the ones who need it the most we're all so, broken yeah. and we're all damaged yeah. and we all tr we all yeah. tend and trend in that direction right the 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 flesh the carnal not the carnal ways you know they 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 it's something we have to wrestle with constantly but but uh yeah, scripture's clear right we know that scripture's clear in how we're supposed to treat the world we're supposed to be salt and light there's supposed yeah. to be something peculiar about us we're not supposed to mirror the uh the, the world in the way we interact with each other um, Romans, you know, Romans chapter 12 specifically, I won't read it, but, but you know, it, it says, you can if you want. well, Romans 12, 17, uh, recommends recompense, no man evil for evil, provide things honest in this, in the sight of all men. If it be yeah. possible, as much as lies, lieth in you live peaceably with all men. 
Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place, but rather give place, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Mm-hmm. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. And yes. uh, and then it goes into probably you know chapter thirteen, one of the more uh, you know misrepresented chapters of the Bible, in my opinion. But that's you know whole yeah. thing. Yeah, but but that's very <laughs> clear. That's very clear, right? What we're supposed to be doing with our enemies and what in the, the world, if you're a child of God. The world is your enemy, mm-hmm. and you're supposed to live in it, but not be of it, which means we're supposed to show a better way. And we all struggle with that. I'm not. I'm not sitting yeah. here from a from a position of a guy that's figured it out, right? Because you know, we we'll never will this side of eternity. <clears throat> but I mean, that's uh, you. You bring up a good point, Cam. I think it's worth worth talking about. I'm glad you did. Um, well, there... and, and that's the thing. It's like I think, and I I I mentioned it in another episode, but there's this. Uh, so back in Jesus's time, when he came to Earth, they expected a Messiah. They expected, mm-hmm. and when they expected a Messiah, they expected a er, an earthly king who came in power and violence and overthrew Rome, the, Babylon, as it were. That's what they expected. And what Jesus showed was the suffering servant. He they sh- he showed um, himself and showed God as someone who was willing to lay down his life for his friends. And so it's the exact opposite of what they were expecting in a king and in a messiah. And then you fast forward, you go to Revelation, and you hear John hears. Uh, so in Revelation, very simply, uh, there's the the scroll with the seven seals, and no one can open it except for the the messiah. And so John hears someone say, "Here comes the Lion of Judah, who can open the scroll," essentially. And when John looks to see who's coming. It's not a lion. It's a slain lamb. Mm. And so even in that, at that point, that is what people, they're always going to expect Babylon to go down violently, mm. but it's the act of the slain lamb, the sacrifice that we need to emulate. That is what it's showing us in Revelation. It's what Jesus showed us in the Gospels. And I don't know how we end up so often being Jonah wanting to see the Ninevites destroyed yeah. rather than uh, applauding and praising their uh, repentance and yeah. God's mercy. Like, where are we? Why are we Jonah instead of John? If I can um, add a little thing to that too, I, I know a lot of people might think, how can this apply practically to me? Um, what person would love their enemy? What person would love someone who was trying to kill them? And I think, um, you can look at the stories of the martyrs during the persecutions mm. in Rome where Christians were hunted down and executed and seeing them going to their death with joy in their hearts, with songs on their lips, with clapping mm. and dancing affected Romans who were watching it extremely deeply. And there's a, a passage in John 12 where it talks about if a seed should fall on the ground and die, much will come from it. Many other generations of corn or um, wheat will come from the seed. And I think that speaks directly to people who might face, you know, dangers and perils when being asked to live in such a way that is opposite to our instinct of the way that we live on earth. Um, I'm thinking specifically of a a saint um, named Focus, who was a gardener. And the Romans found out he was Christian. They came to arrest him. 
and he fed the soldiers who arrested him. They came to his house and said, we're looking for this guy, Focus. He's a Christian. We're going to take him. We're going to execute him. He says, oh, okay, no problem. I'll help you find him. First, sit down and have a meal. And he fed the men who had come. He, they didn't mm -hmm. know... They didn't know he was the guy they were looking for yet, but he fed them and let them rest in his house. And they said, okay, can you tell us where this focus guy is? He goes, I, I got good news for you guys. He's right here, right in front of you. And it was very difficult for those soldiers then to take that man to Rome to have him executed because he was a Christian. And so there is, it's counterintuitive to live that way, but Christians are made when they see the way that we behave, the mm. the ways opposite of the world has has made from these martyrs many other Christians, yeah. and so there is a practicality to it. There is a a reason for it. So you know, yes, it might hurt you you in your earthly life now, in your pride. but in your pride. That's but he thing. who gives up his life here hmm. has life eternal in the kingdom. Yeah. Well, and and and. That question, a lot of times when you're in these Christian spaces on Facebook, uh, a lot of the questions are kind of tertiary theology questions, and people are arguing about things that don't matter that much. But this is one where, like... Like whether or not Adam had a belly button? Yeah, of course. I, I, <laughs> I, 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 I like to think he did, because otherwise that's, that's, that's weird. Um, but no, it's like, <laughs> with this particular question, it's you just go straight to the red letters. That Jesus said it. This is this mm -hmm. isn't even a what would Jesus do. It's a what did Jesus do? Because yeah. he was on the cross and forgiving the people who had put him on it Active moment. At the in that moment, at that at that point in time. It's radical it, and it's yeah. counterintuitive. And it's what we're supposed to be. The passage that I was um the passage that I was quoting from John is John twelve twenty four. Very, very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls on the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. And, you know, this is true in both gardening and the Christian life, that if you give up your life, you make many other Christians in the process. And Rome was Christianized by martyrs. People yeah. could not understand why they were watching these people go so happily to their deaths. Well, I mean, Peter and even... Roman martyrs and 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 mm. loving their executors and yeah. and forgiving them verse yeah. verse 25 to follow that he that loveth his life shall lose it and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal there 26 yeah. if any man serve me let him follow me and where i am there shall also my servant be if any man serve me him will my father honor yeah well, that, you keep going and going yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I, I, this has been something that's grieved me. Like, really, it, it's grieved me. There, there are um, group chats and things that I don't want to be in anymore because it's it it hurts me to see all of these wishes of harm upon enemies. Like, I don't, mm. I don't want to see that anymore. That's it's that's not one of the good things to think on. And so, like yeah. I mentioned this, and I'm not out here to tell anyone listening, hey. Uh, I'm the Holy Spirit. This is what you should do. This is what you shouldn't do. What I'm saying is, this is what I'm getting, and let the Holy Spirit tell you whether or not what I'm saying applies to you. Like, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. since it's the words of Jesus, I'm going to say yeah, but I'm not trying to be that guy. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. search your heart on that. Uh, but 
we did come here. This is a fun conversation. I like this. <laughs> um, but we did come here to talk about Joseph. And so I thought probably the best smash into Joseph is, you know, right before Christmas, Christmas Eve, uh, we read Luke 2, which is the birth of Jesus in Luke. And I thought I'll read through that official uh, gospel synoptic account. I'll read That's it in NLT for so it's really easy for people to understand. Um, and then we can break into the conversation. That, that's that become a um, yeah. That, that's become a family tradition for us. Actually, Christmas morning before the kids. It's something we started doing, uh, you know, a number of years ago when I just had two little little girls. And uh, now that now that my uh, uh, my oldest is in college and my middle daughter, my middle child is a is a junior in high school, and I have a ten year old boy. Um, we do that every Christmas morning. We sit down. We open the we open the Bible. We we read. Uh, Luke chapter two, before we jump in. I think that's good. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, so I, I'll go ahead and read that. Um, so Luke two, at that time, the Roman emperor Augustus de decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea. David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no lodging available for them. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Do not be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Hmm. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those who, with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought of them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard. It was just as the angel had told them. Eight days later, when the baby was circumcised, he was, given, he was named Jesus, the name given him by the angel even before he was conceived. Then it was time for their purification offering as required by the law of Moses after the birth of a child. So his parents took him to Jerusalem to pr present him to the Lord. The law of the Lord says, if a woman's first child is a boy, he must be dedicated to the Lord. So they offer the sacrifice required in the law of the Lord, either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord, as the law required, 
Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace, as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of, of your people Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall, and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. And I'll stop it there. But it's so like that little story about Simeon is so crazy. This dude grabbed that baby and was like, Thank you, God, let me die now. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. Oh, it's been a rough life. <laughs> uh, Matthew, I think, has a more is it Matthew or Mark that has a more full account of Joseph and the angel arriving? Mm, I don't know. So um, after Cam and I some months ago had a lengthy conversation about um, perpetual virginity and um, <laughs> Joseph's role in the, the Holy Family and all that stuff. And so Matthew was a huge source in my studies. So I'm, I'm going to have to say it was probably Matthew because mm. he uh, he seemed to have the most um, in the Gospels, at least the most uh, lengthy account of Joseph. It was also, it was also in Luke right before. Um, mm. And I just, it's, I, I always read Luke two on Christmas. So I didn't think, Hey, let me back up a little bit. That's the Luke one. Cause um, um, in Matthew, Matthew and Luke. Um, but in Matthew, it talks about him being in Egypt as well. So there's yeah. a little bit more information, you know, between the gospels, they tell the same story, but each writer kind of gives his own um, little anecdotes or little pieces that the others don't give. So you kind of got to put Luke and Matthew together to kind of get the picture of Joseph. Yeah. 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 It's important when you're talking about these four books, right? They're, you know, they're, they're, they're telling the same story mm -hmm. just from four different accounts. Right. So right. You, you guys know this, but it's more, more for the people who might not know. Um, right. They're not four separate stories. They're four stories right. told from the same or from four different perspectives. Yeah. Yeah. So, Cool. Um, I, I do want to find that little bit about, um, uh, let's see, full chapter. Let me get, let me get down to this because I do want to talk about Joseph a little bit more. Um, so this is how the birth of, the, of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel yep. of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Uh, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until he gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Mm -hmm. so, the, being, so it's Matthew 18 through 25. Matthew chapter 1, 18 through 25, right? Yep. That's good. Being an unwed mother in those days was not, um, I mean, it's not a picnic now, but back then it was really not oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and they would have... Probably thrown stones at you until you They'd die. Killed her. They'd have killed her. Yeah. 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 Well, that's and that's that's kind of one of the things was even before 
Joseph was a good man before the angel came to him. And that's something that I think, I think Joe, I mean, of course we talk about Mary. Of course we talk about her faith though. Mm -hmm. God came to her and asked, Hey, can I, can I use your, make you an unwed mother? (laughs) Yeah. As yeah. Yeah, I'm going to make life real hard for you right now. Yeah. Yeah. And we all, we, 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 we praised her for that. She was, she, she did the Lord's work, but very rarely we do we talk about Joseph. And Mm -hmm. if you think about Joseph, part of the reason why Joseph was important in the mix as well is because he was a direct descendant of David. Mm -hmm. And so in this world, he had a direct line to David meaning he had the king's blood in him. Mm-hmm. So if this were Lord of the Rings, he would be going to Gondor and taking the the <laughs> crown, right? Oh, dear. <laughs> and so, so in, <laughs> am I wrong? Okay. No, I, I guess. Lord of the Rings, I guess. I don't know. If this were Gondor. Uh, yeah. What if it was Star Wars? I mean, if it, were, if it was Star Wars, <laughs> I don't know if there are any kings in Star Wars. No, I mean, Maybe he was a Skywalker. Yeah, could have been. Or, or Palpatine. Wow. Yeah. Some awful. Yeah. Um, All right. At least I'm not that guy. But he was connected, um, is what we're yeah. saying. Yeah. He was like, a I mean, connected he, he, guy. He was a direct descendant of the king. And if you have to believe that the people who were looking for the Messiah had given up on the Davidic line, they knew it would come from the Davidic line, but they'd kind of given up. But why weren't they looking at Joseph? And why, why weren't these people... Why was Herod in? Why why shouldn't he have said, you know, I have kingly blood and this is what I should do? But he didn't. He didn't seek anything for himself. And, uh, you know, marriage in that time period was typically between, uh, so the girls would have been between like 12 or 15 during the betrothal mm-hmm. period. And then they, they typically got married around 15 or 16. Yeah. So Mary was a teenager. Yeah. And uh, the the men, when they got married, uh, people, th- this is one of the things that's, um, it's not directly mentioned in the Bible, how old Mary or Joseph were. But if you just, if cult- it were, just culturally of the time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cult- we, yeah we, culturally. We know this understanding the culture of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Culture of the time. Uh, he would have been 19 or 20. Yeah. That's typically when people got married at that time. Yeah. That's, that's how old the men were. So and, this is a part where I mentioned that the Orthodox have a different tradition for this, that yeah. in, in uh, there's a second century tradition um, that the Orthodox church, church holds to that Joseph was an older man and had been previously married and was a widower. And so that Mary was actually his second wife and that the siblings of Jesus come from that marriage. I know that Protestants don't necessarily agree or um, yeah. adhere to that tradition, but that yeah. there are, different traditions that one cam and I, when cam and i talked about that i did a lot of research into that where that came from and it's actually a second century tradition um that the orthodox church still has now so in our icons you will see joseph depicted with gray hair whereas in um catholic or protestant traditions he'll be considered a, a younger man yeah well and not that, in ca- catholic though catholic believe he was older too they oh, okay. Because like the, the, I, I was reading some of it, and there were some people in the Eastern and Catholic areas believe he was like ninety or something. Like oh, there was, see. There, there's a lot of a lot of conjecture, which it's it's the only place they could kind of find something. Because uh, I studied into this, where this came from, was from a um, kind of what they called a 
um, kind of, I don't know how to put it, but like before, before uh, James was written, he had written, he'd, he'd written out a gospel, but it disagreed with the other gospels in too many major ways. So it didn't make it into the canon. Yeah. Okay. But that is the only source that I've found for the older Joseph is something I guess, that's in the Apocrypha, but not in the right. canon. So what I was taking the, the Catholic perspective from was um, the art. Yeah. Um, in the I churches, him... he is depicted as younger in the, so in the happened... churches in Catholic art. Yeah. I know this. So what happened in Catholic art was for a while they did the same thing. They made they had him older. But then mm -hmm. in, in Catholicism, they were trying to venerate him more and use him as a uh, someone to intercede for us because they prayed mm -hmm. it like they prayed to Mary, they prayed to um, Joseph as well. And so uh, over time, he became seen less as a tertiary character and more as a strong character. Mm -hmm. And so over time, their their art started changing towards the younger looking because he was a carpenter and he did this and he was strong and he was the uh, more or less manly uh, virtues. Of the patriarchs. Yeah. Right. And so right. that happened over time. And so though they believe he was older and had uh, a wife before, uh, that's uh, the art is just based on kind of how they view him mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in his nature and character. There is a, um, a an icon of the nativity that the Orthodox have that um, I like quite a bit. And it shows Mary in the cave with Jesus. And then down in the right-hand corner, or I'm sorry, the left-hand corner of the icon, you see Joseph. Um, he is depicted with gray hair and is an older man. And he's sitting there kind of like, hmm, you know, and he's thinking real hard and you can see him. He's kind of vexed by the whole situation. And um, in front of him is a shepherd in a like a fur cloak who's kind of like talking to him. According to some traditions, this is um, a depiction of, you know, what Angel. he thinks the people. Yeah. Wait. So there's two ideas about it. One is that it's it's either the devil or the the people he thinks will judge him, who's trying to convince him to put Mary out. And then the second tradition is that it is an angel telling him, don't worry, don't put her out. Mm -hmm. But what I like about that icon is that um, Mary is in the cave with Jesus, but her eyes are pointed down toward Joseph. And the reason for that, um, I, I talked we had an iconographer come to my catechumen class recently and she said the reason for the depiction of Mary looking at Joseph in this icon is that Joseph represents humanity and her eyes are on him as she is in the act of giving birth to Jesus, an intercessor on behalf of humanity because through her humanity is being saved. And so it is one of the only icons where Mary is not looking at Jesus. She's actually looking at Joseph. Hmm. And I think that that's very powerful imagery. But I don't think, whether you think that he was old or young is what um, John refers to as a, a tertiary belief. Yeah. Um, not not something for, I think, uh, Protestants and Orthodox and Catholics to quarrel over. This isn't worth fighting over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, I, I, I agree. I, I agree, yeah. <laughs> I just no, find, I, it, I find it interesting, though. It these, is fascinating. These little... We're talking about Joseph, right? So it's worth bringing yeah. up for the conversation. Right. But, uh, and so I, I, just wanted I, to I tend to believe that he's that he's of a more traditional, um, you know, more traditional interpretation of, of his age, which would be 19, 20 years old when he gets married. Yeah. This is his first wife, his only wife. Uh, I read here in verse 25 that uh, of, of chapter of uh, chapter one of Matthew says he knew her not until she had brought forth her first son. 
um, and he called his name Jesus. And that just means new in the biblical sense, right? So there was a consummation of marriage there. So uh, these are these are the you know these are these are the things that I that I tend to believe um, when it comes to to that to that couple that is, to that married of to course, married folks. You know, <laughs> that is of course a. Um... One of that 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 point that you just brought up is mm -hmm. the theological debate that goes mm -hmm. on between theology scholars about whether this means whether the until means you know uh, what what we interpret it to mean and so on and so forth. To me, it. it's unimportant. It's it's Good. not um, primary to the story, it's which is that yeah. a virgin gave birth to a child in the first place. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, when you talked about perpetual virginity earlier, you you brought it up. I, I don't know if you saw my eyes go whoop. Yeah, <laughs> Cause, cause that was a that was a uh, that was like that's one of those things where you know me and for 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 the people watching, uh, you know I I am a fundamental independent Baptist. That's who I am. Um, that's you know so uh, there there are I don't want to say. We're not fighting over anything, but there are differences in the way we see certain things. Yeah, you know? and that's okay. And <laughs> yeah. For you to tell me this yeah. is what I believe and for me yeah. to tell you this is what I believe, that doesn't mean we're having a conflict. This is just um, different church traditions. Yeah. And yeah. In, at the end of the day, we're both Christ believers. And so believe that it. makes you my yep. brother, regardless of whether we think Joseph had gray hair or not. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? What I think is really cool about Joseph, though, is... Like I, I like saying, to think he, of Joseph as the lead singer Leonard Skinner. Yep. <laughs> oh, shirt. That's the wrong, that's the wrong one. Sorry. Wrong, wrong guy. My bad. <laughs> ZZ Top. <laughs> but what's cool about Joseph, like I was saying, is he was a good man before the angel came. Because mm -hmm. if you look at how marriage works back in that time, you have the the betrothal, and which is what, what Jesus and Mary were. They were betrothed. And then there's essentially like a year-long ish wait before the actual marriage. And so they say their right. vows as betrothed and then they follow through and consummate the marriage at a celebration. And he, he forewent the celebration. Um, but he, he saw that this woman that he loved, mm -hmm. I mean, he seemed to love um, was pregnant. And in this time it was, he knew he didn't do it. And so he thought initially that someone else did it. And in a, a man I mean, of the law at that time would have said, I've, I'm going to divorce her publicly. She's going and you know what happens when you divorce her publicly? There's a, there's a chance of a stoning. Yeah. yeah. There's a chance that, that Mary could have been stoned. But even before the angel came, he goes, no, I'm just going to divorce her quietly. Mm -hmm. That way she lives, the baby lives all as well. It was and the most honorable of his options, given that he thought at the time. Yeah. yeah. Before and the then, angel showed up. And then the and angel can you was imagine like, hey. your girlfriend or your betrothed comes to you and she's like, "Look, I'm pregnant, but <laughs> it didn't happen like that." It's not you what you like, think. It's not what you know, think. right, lady? You know. <laughs> and then for her end, she's like, "I gotta go to this guy and tell him." that I'm pregnant with God's baby and he is not going to believe and me. There's no way he's going to believe it. Right? <laughs> right. I, and that's, I look at that and I, and I think, and that was Cam, what, I, what we were talking about um, in, in that, uh, in that DM was the faith, the faith of, of Joseph in this. And even though the angel came and straightened it all out for him and let him know what was going on, um, there was still immense like pressure from his cult, yeah. like cultural pressure, you know, right to act in a way that that he would be expected to act you're gonna divorce yeah, well, this woman you're gonna you're yeah. gonna void your marriage it's not gonna happen 
She's going to go off and be a single mom if she survives, if she even survives, right? And you're going to go on your merry way with the rest of your life. You're going to find somebody eventually, right? But his, the faith that he had in God, the faith that he had in what was actually happening, because, I mean, he's got to buy into this whole Messiah thing too, right? He's got to go, yeah, this is real. This is going to happen. Yeah. And, um, and he's got to live it out. I, I you know, yeah. I, I think, I think of that from, from the perspective. And if you were to put me, and I love my wife to death and, and, and none of my children are saints. Right. But like, um, <laughs> you know, we've been married 24 years this December. So if you go back in time, 25 years from now, right. When we're engaged to be married and she comes up to me and she says, dude, I got something to tell you. I'm pregnant. We know it's not yours, but I'm telling you, it's God's. This is God. I'm carrying God in flesh. Immaculate conception. I'm like, like, lady, get out of my face. Right. Like, (laughs) I mean, like that's, uh, you know, know, I'm just saying 25 years ago, that's how that would have gone down. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, and, and not to mention that after that point, regardless of what he did, Joseph was then seen in Nazareth where he was known as a person who either broke Jewish law and impregnated mm-hmm. her before marriage or a dupe who let her get pregnant by some other man and then raised the child as his own. It was real cool. Walking it. around with an unfaithful woman. There's yeah. more to that too, because we don't really understand from our perspective, the um, idea of ritual uncleanliness. Mm. This wasn't just, I'm going to be a nice guy and let her live. He's taking on this possibility that he is now unclean before the sight That's of God. Yeah. And the, the the deadly seriousness of that to the people of the time, we can't, you know, from our perspective, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, she screwed up. They're not going to be married, of course, but you don't kill her for that. In those days, it was much more serious because it meant you weren't you as the male man were no longer going to commune at the temple with your religion and your god yeah. that was deadly serious yeah that's that immense immense cultural pressure you know i was talking yeah. about it's it's like there was there was piles and piles of weight on his shoulders that we that we couldn't even comprehend today right um, right we got to give that guy credit we have to yeah, oh, yeah. you know yeah. well and, and and it's could you imagine being in his place after that though jesus is born he goes back to work as a carpenter, mostly working on stone because there was, mm-hmm. wasn't too much olive wood to work on yeah, back not then. Not a lot of wood back then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, back there where they were. And so y- you have this baby that is growing in wisdom and in stature. And you get to help him. Mm. You get to teach him carpentry. Mm-hmm. You uh, Joseph would have been... Um, I, I forget, what, What's the name of the, the Jewish schools? I, I doubt they called it that back then. Um, synagogue? No, that's no, the well, yeah. I mean, they would they would have been at the synagogue, but it was uh, what do they call the Jewish schools? I always forget. Uh, yeshiva. Oh, okay. He would have he he would have he would have been in yeshiva, and then he would have taken Jesus there and and taught and talked to Jesus about God and who God was, and he ha- and taught him how to make uh, to construct things, how to build houses, how to do all of this stuff. Can you imagine teaching the God of the creator of heaven and earth, how to make, build a, a, a house. Like how cool. <laughs> and at what point do you go, come on, man, you already know this stuff. <laughs> I also think a lot about, you know, him as a young child having to be taught to eat, having to be taught to walk, 
you know, at some point, you know, you have to teach him not to run out into the street so he yeah. doesn't get crushed by a cart. You know, how do you discipline the son of God? I'm sure that was fraught with all kinds of like, oh, you know, like a very difficult thing to do. I mean, it's yeah. it's hard enough to discipline your own children that you love. Um, but this one, this one's the son of God. Not, you're <laughs> not going to be not spanking. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> but I mean, it does say in Luke that Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor mm -hmm. with God and men. So like there was learning processes. Yeah. Like he, he, he learned how to do things. He was, there's some, like, the, I love Catholic fan fiction and I'm not trying to be mean to Catholics, but there's some of it that I, I don't know what else to call it where, where he had, uh, made a bird out of dirt and he blew and he, he yeah, made a I living this, bird yeah. as a child. And like, there are these little stories of Jesus before he was 12, before he was 30 doing these things okay. that are just like, where is this? I'd, I'd like to, it's probably in um, gospel of uh, what's it's the one, one that everyone Judas. No, it's in, it's in one of the apocryphal texts though. I, I know, yeah. the, I know okay. the story you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. So it is part of like tradition somewhere. It's just not, like some Catholic I don't know whose internet, tradition. Not part of the up. canon. Yeah, it's not part of the canon. It's okay, kind of, right, right, yeah. okay. Yeah. I did see a comic recently of a uh, petulant toddler Jesus refusing to get in the bathtub, and he's walking <laughs> on top of the water, and Mary is saying "in," <laughs> <laughs> which I liked quite a bit. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. But I think that this is when we're talking about Joseph. I think more than anything, we're um, and this isn't. I mean, for Mary, we could talk about motherhood, but with Joseph, we should be, we should mention him when we're talking about fatherhood yeah. and what it looks like and what the sacrifices are. It is to be a father. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't, you know, and uh, I don't know, man, you, you're, you're talking about raising, you know, what, what you're saying about, I want to go back to what you're saying about raising Jesus at, at a young age. It goes to the humanity of Christ too. To Absolutely. think about all of the things that he had to learn uh, as a child becoming a yeah. man, um, we, we like to look at Jesus as, and rightly so, he's he's very literally the manifestation of the creator of the universe, right? This is yep. this is our God in the flesh walking amongst us. Um, and there's there's a power that, that that comes with that when we when we think like we think about the power and the authority and the wisdom that comes with that. Um, but even then, he was a man. Yeah, yeah. He, was God, man. Man. He, he was a man. He was a man, and he—that means he was a child. That means he, exactly like you said, Jessica. He had to learn to not get run over by a cart as he was crossing the street. Yeah, yeah. you know, and all the yeah. things that you have to teach your kids now, um, he had to be taught. Now, yeah. maybe he was a quicker learner, a quicker study. Maybe there was some things about you know he he wasn't going to go steal you know a crayon from the you know box of crayons from the you know from the grocery store or whatever because of. You know, he, he had, you know, there, there's like some, some, some different things that, you know, maybe he didn't have to deal with, but maybe, maybe so. I don't know. I don't know. He was all, I he was hundred percent boy. You know, he was a boy. I yeah. don't know. He was throwing that. rocks, you know? Yeah. I don't know that he, um, God would have given him to human parents if he had not needed a mother yeah. to yeah. swaddle him because mm -hmm. he would have been cold. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So that's a really important point because if he had not gone through that, he wouldn't have been fully human. If he had just popped onto the earth as a 33 year old man, yeah. that's, that's not a human. None of us do mm -hmm. that. You know, we go through, you know, learning, you know, all of these things as children, you throw rocks 
and you learn not to do that because you don't want to hurt your friend. You're like, oh no, I've yeah. made you cry. You know, yeah. um, there are there are even um, instances in the gospel where it talks about Jesus being upset about things, and mm -hmm. he doesn't have this blank slate of non-emotion because nothing no. affects him. So as a child, things would have affected him. He would have had to gone through that process that we all do when we encounter our first uh, animal that's died and, mm -hmm. you know, things of that nature, like learning the harsh realities of life on earth. And, and Joseph and was there to, to lead him through that. You to know? lead him through that. Exactly. Yeah. That's cool. Well, and, and what's interesting, though, is like we've, we've talked, we talked about, I, I called it Catholic fan fiction. That's tongue in cheek. I don't. I don't dislike the Catholics. It's just funny. Um, but one of the things that's interesting about Jesus in this conversation about his divinity, the hypostasis, the one hundred percent God, one hundred percent man, is you don't see him begin to do miracles until after the baptism with John, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when the Holy Spirit entered him and started doing work through him, mm -hmm. and so. Obviously, he he had to learn to walk. He had to yeah. he had and and he he had employable skills, and then chose to walk around and preach and tell people about the kingdom of God that was in, at hand, the yeah. kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm. He was this little walking tabernacle of God that was creating little tabernacles as he walked around, and it's. Could you imagine being a part of that? Like I'll How be rad. thrilled. I'll be thrilled when my kids do something cool when they're adults, but they're never going to do that. <laughs> Dude, I was psyched. I was psyched when my son head kicked somebody in karate. I was like, that's awesome. But, you know, I mean, but he's not doing Jesus stuff, you know? Yeah. But also, you know, we were talking about how uh, Joseph had to sign on real early to this Messiah idea. He yeah. also didn't get to live to see it. Yeah. And that's something to mention about him, too, is he had to sign on for this full wholesale and he never witnessed walking on water or healings or anything of this. Not that we know of. I mean, maybe he, he did. Maybe the child Jesus did healings. We don't know. But from what I gather from the scriptures, that stuff didn't start until he was a man. And so Joseph never even like lived to see any of this stuff and had to sign on wholesale for it. Yeah. Yeah, we don't we don't know much about him. That's for sure. Yes. We know we know some some key points and the rest of it's speculation. You mm -hmm. know, yeah, he's a, he young. definitely wasn't mentioned after the episode with Jesus at the temple when he was mm -hmm. twelve. That's the last we hear of him in the scriptures. And so after that, we can assume that you know, as many people did in those days, um, died. Now whether he was an old man and he died timely, or you know died of some other means um you know death death especially for men was common in those yeah. times so he's not long. there yeah he didn't live that long he, yeah. he he wasn't there after a certain point yeah but you could get gangrene from stubbing your toe back then and just you know right. quick, yeah. you know yeah it's probably why they didn't shave too much you yeah. know <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you don't want nick you don't want to nick a jugular you know what i mean you're done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the water wouldn't too clean back then, you know. Yeah. Well, and one of the things that I think is important, uh, so in Genesis, when it talks about the creation of man and woman, it says that God created them in his image, yeah. which was man and man and woman was created in the image of God. And so in order for human beings, little ones, especially for us, to understand and in any way, in a very 
shallow way in the long run because we're imperfect. Our parents are imperfect. But in order to understand the character of God at all, we have to see both of these these aspects in concert mm -hmm. and working together to raise us. We see the masculine. Yeah. We see the feminine. We see the yep. the 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 protector. We see the nurturer. Yep. We see all of these different. I mean, right. of course, men and women will have different levels of this in each of them. But man and woman is part of the complete image of God and who He is, because that's who He made us to be. And yep. So Joseph was important. Mm -hmm. You know, J Jesus needed to see that just as much as we do in order to fully grasp what we're going yeah. through. I mean, talk about all the other things Jesus needed to understand temptation. Mm -hmm. Like, of course, I don't have the devil walking around offering me the world if I jump off. Of <laughs> Could you imagine temple. that? I don't know. You put yourself, <laughs> no. this goes back to that whole thing, putting yourself in the story, right? Like, like be the fly on the wall for that conversation. Jesus is in the wilderness, wilderness, 40 days of fasting, you know, and then he's tempted by the, by, by the devil three times. It's like, that's fascinating to me. Just, you know, I don't know. I think about that stuff. I'm like, you know. I can I barely know. keep Sorry. myself from eating midnight snacks. So the idea that <laughs> I would fast for 40, for 40 days. days and then you'd be like, you know, how about some bread? I'd be like, bread me up, guy. Yeah, but I'm, it. you know, I'm not Jesus. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and thankfully yep. so. Yep. Guys, I will be right back. Okay. <laughs> so. What is it that you think that you pull out of the story for Joseph for yourself as a father, Dude, as a Christian? I'll tell you what. Um, I think the faith, I think the faith of, of Joseph, I kind of touched on that, I think, a couple of times. I'm, I'm amazed by it because I couldn't see myself holding that same line yeah. that he holds. And so whenever yeah. I hear or see something that requires me to dig a little bit deeper in my faith and just kind of like hang on for the ride. Um, you know, I don't know, man, that, 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 that's gotta be it. That's gotta be it, I think. Uh, but we don't know much about the guy. So yeah. I think, uh, it's hard to draw things out of him. Um, uh, you know, I just, you know, I don't, I, that's a tough question. I don't know how to answer yeah. it. I, yeah, I, no, it's, I, I figured it the best I could. It's just, I, I, and that's the thing. Like he's definitely easily one of the top dads of all time. Yeah. Because and we, know of, and we know almost nothing about him. Right. And, and that's what's so, I, I wish that there that Luke had been like, okay, so let me tell you about Joseph a little bit because Mary told me about Joseph. Let me tell you mm -hmm. about who he was, how he acted. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would have loved to see that. I mean, he talks in the Bible about how if you wrote everything Jesus did, you'd be writing books for eternity. Mm -hmm. But I'd love to have that book. I'd love to understand this man that, um, I mean, he may not have loved the woman, I mean, there's there's no there's no declaration of that in the Bible, but I think that the love that he had is shown through his wanting his initial initially wanting to uh, silently divorce her rather than mm -hmm. to do it publicly and shame her, and then so I think that shows that he loved Mary, um, but he, this man or at, or at least or at least there's a realization of commitment and honor, yeah, you know, and to and to do his best to not humiliate this woman. You know, but I mean, it's just, it's incredible. I, 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 I love that we have, like, obviously I love that we have Jesus and his example, but we know a lot about David and we know about how much David screwed up and we know how, what the good things that David did, but how cool would it have been to have a little chapter 
on Joseph, just so that we have yeah. a little more of a positive a little <laughs> person bit, right. in the Bible, right. because it's like the Bible's really great about showing the very best and the very worst that humanity has to offer. But, yeah. you know, I, I would have loved to have another chapter on Joseph just so I could see good. I want to see the little more good. See what it's about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you're right. But maybe there's something to be said about that. Maybe when yeah. when you're when you're the father, you know, um, of of your children or you're the head of your family, maybe maybe the underlying point is it's not about you. Yeah. You know, maybe that's something to take away from it. I mean, I did just now kind of pop. It's not about me. I'm dad. I'm husband. But it's about my family. And I got to push them out. I got to do what I can to raise them up to do the right things. It's not mm -hmm. about me. It's about the next generation. It's about it's about the children that I'm bringing up. Maybe that's something to consider. Maybe that's one of the reasons why we don't know enough about Joseph, because it's not about him. It's about yeah, Christ. Well, it's, it's like, what but John I don't know. I mean, that, we're just done. talking. You know, we're just having yeah. this, this this conversation. I don't know. Well, it's like when when John John the Baptist said, you know, I I, I must become lesser, mm -hmm. so he and he he will become greater. That I mean, Joseph didn't make a scene. He didn't push himself. You don't read all of these things about Joseph just that you knew he was in these places and that he was faithful. And I mean, yeah. that's the real thing to take away from it. You're right. It's, it's his faith because that was far more than a mustard seed. Yeah, dude. That was, <laughs> that was a mountain's he, worth of faith. He had to believe the unbelievable, frankly. Yeah. He, and be willing and be willing to deal with the pressure that came with it. Yeah. Knowing that the majority of the world is not going to believe this. Yeah. I mean, knowing ahead of time, right? Like we, you know, we know as Christians now in the tw in the 21st century, we look around the world and we know that a lot of people think it's baloney. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But we we don't have a lot of skin in the game compared to him. Yeah. Our our skin in the game is especially being Americans. Uh, we you know it's it's okay. We might get laughed at. You know, well, we it, might get laughed at or whatever. But 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 he he had to w live his life with a woman that that the people of his village of his community thought was unfaithful, raising somebody else's kid. You know. And he had to hang on to that faith. I don't know. Not, not to mention that he, he had an easy out. He had a really he had yeah. an easy out. Yeah. Like this wasn't like, oh, well, he has to do this because people will think if he he had now, I didn't touch this woman. Mm -hmm. And then and then they'd be like, well, she's obviously not a virgin. It's like, well, she kind of looks like it. Well, she kind of I mean, is pregnant, well, but well, what, she what is yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's like he had an easy out, and he didn't choose the easy out. And I think that that's honestly that's, that's something thing, that yeah. I've been I've been learning myself lately. Is you know, with everything that's been going on in our lives and with jobs and stuff like that, with the government response to uh, pandemic or whatever, um, my easy out is typically it's something that I've been told by God not to do. And it hurts. It's painful to not take the easy out. I just had a thought about this, which is that in the selection process of people that God might have placed uh, the Christ child with, it seems to me that, you know, he's choosing Mary for her great uh, faith. But maybe also Joseph is chosen yeah. here because he knew he had the strength to be the kind of man who would keep faith and keep this woman and keep her safe and keep her child safe. Mm. And so he too was selected every bit as much as Mary was. And the difference between them is uh, while Mary was asked her assent, <laughs> yeah. Joseph, uh, Joseph was uh, simply thrust into the situation and had to cope and uh, had the strength to do so. 
think about the the hall of faith in he- Hebrews where it talks about Abraham and how his faith was credited as righteousness and you have all these different people that are mentioned in that way and Joseph is easily one of the most faithful men that you can find in the Bible. No. Joseph didn't have a Bathsheba. No. He did he he didn't have these things. But Delilah, he, he didn't have any of that. He didn't have any right. of those problems. You know, he, 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 he was, he had a situation pop up that he could have gotten out, out from under super easily. And he said, you know, maybe I'll do it the, the, the better way so that she doesn't get killed. And, and he didn't then, even need three days in a whale to do it, man. You know, right. He didn't. <laughs> and then a dude, a shiny dude comes into his, his house at night and says, Hey, that's, that's God's son. Uh, I need your help here. Could you help us out? Could you make sure that she doesn't get killed? Could you make sure that, um, he makes it to adulthood. Could you, could you be his father? And he's like, yeah, man, I'm in. And it really tells you a lot about, um, stepdads, the roles of stepdads who without an angel Mm -hmm. at all, you know, (laughs) just some kid that comes along for the ride and they, they hundreds and millions of them across the world do this every single Mm -hmm. day and say, I'm going to take care of this child. He didn't come from me but I'm going to make sure he becomes a, a man in this world. Yeah. And to the men who are out there doing that, uh, you know, you are in a great, great tradition That's good. of Jesus's stepdad who did the same thing that you're doing. Yeah. Foster parents. Yeah. Yeah. Some people of my favorite people, people step parents, foster parents. You're right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm just a regular dad. And uh, I, 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 for a, a short time in our life, we were essentially fostering uh, our, one of our nieces on my wife's side. And let me tell you, we also had my oldest at the same time. And it's not easy raising someone else's kid. Yeah. It's, you, I do truly believe, like Joseph, you have to be called to it. I think it's a special dispensation of grace to be able to truly be a good stepdad to be a good foster and it shows not only love for this specific child but a concern for what becomes of the future because you know you toss this kid aside who knows who brings him up what kind of person he turns out to be you're showing like the world i want to give you a good person you know and 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 provide into the world a man you know, and there's there's a shortage of good men in the world, it seems, these days. And so if you're out there making sure that our young guys come up as good men, you're you're really doing a service to everyone. You're yeah. you're providing something to the world. And and That's talk good. about how much you love their mother if you're a stepdad. If you choose to actively be a good father mm-hmm. to that mm-hmm. child. Yep. Like that's that is a that is an act of love in many directions and yeah well there's stability there and kids want to see that they need to see that you know and and they need to see the value of affection and and the stability of of a loving family you know Mm -hmm. i don't think jesus needed it the way that we do but uh one of the one of the the things about humanity that i've found and i've read in the past I've seen it happen in every person that I've talked to, honestly, about this in their father, is people base their view of God off of their father. People see God through the lens of their father. Mm. So being a father 
is a very important job. It is. It is. Because you are setting because Jesus called God his father. And so that is that is how people see God. And so if you yeah. have a bad father, you're ob- or a, an absent father mm-hmm. or a father who didn't take care of you or a father who didn't love you, you're not going to have a good relationship with God. And so and being a good stepfather, a good yeah. father is <laughs> immensely important. You're standing in the gap there and you're and you're and you're yep, doing what you got to do. And that's true. There's a lot of atheists out there that that uh, either they'll admit it directly or or if you know after getting to know them you'll find out that they they generally have had not great relationships with their father so therefore mm-hmm. they don't have a great relationship with their god because you're right they see there's a there's a parallel there you know i went through that it was yeah. difficult and um i remember being very deeply affected when i was going to the protestant church um in my town that the pastor had said something that knocked me out for a couple of weeks i thought about this said, don't act like you don't have a father because you do. And that idea shook me. Like, you know, because when you come up in bad circumstances as a kid and you don't have parents who look out for you, Mm. the idea that, you know, someone telling you, you do have a father, that's that's a big thing to chew on. (laughs) Like, wow, Uh, you know, someone expects something out of me. Somebody wants good things for me. I don't know what that feels like. I don't know how to act uh, in light of that. And that takes some getting used to. Hmm, that's neat. So like I said earlier in the episode, I view I viewed God like my father as having a very perfect beard. So <laughs> <laughs> He's got to, right? He's got to have a good beard. I mean, he's got to. <laughs> Uh, so since it's, I mean, right, the, didn't he have a, like when in the Michelangelo in the Sistine chapel, wouldn't where they're, the fingers almost are almost touching. touching. Yeah. yeah. Isn't one of those guys supposed to be God and doesn't he have a pretty wicked beard? He has a pretty wicked yeah. beard. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, if Jesus is the image of God, then he's definitely got a wicked beard. Yeah. He's got it. You're giving me ammo. Totally Chad I'm gonna, beard. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hand this over to the wife and be like, God, hey, God's, God's, God's got, got a beard. A beard. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to be a godly man or not? <laughs> uh, so Christmas is it's it's Saturday. It's in a couple of days. So, uh, what are your um, traditions? What do you do to prepare for? Um, what have you at this point been doing um, to prepare for the nativity for Ad- Advent? Yeah, I don't know, man. We we have an, an advent calendar that we've been going through. Um, just just little stuff like that. And there's little little trinkets in there for the kids, and sometimes <laughs> it's candy, sometimes it's you know, just little like dumb little like erasers and stuff that they can. Nothing nothing too extravagant, you know. Um, house decorations, of course. Uh, but you know what we try to do is we definitely try and focus on, you know cheesy right the reason for the season right everybody says yeah. that, but like, <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. but uh, no we, we do we want to focus you know we we're a we're a fundamental christian family and and we we worship we worship jesus year-round so there's you know there's something about celebrating his birth that that is is kind of neat you know yeah. but it doesn't really change a whole lot about what we do we're not just uh um no, i don't want to go there but one of the things that we do, like Christmas morning, I was telling you about, we do read Luke chapter two, and and that's something that we started doing real early, and the kids get a kick out of it; they enjoy it, um, and then it helps us focus on the the reason why we even open presents, you know, 
Like mm-hmm. it's not about the presence. You know, it's about the it's about the one gift that 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 you cannot live without, and that's that's the gift of salvation that comes through Christ, it comes through right. Jesus, and and Him being born uh, has allowed that opportunity for us. Uh, you know, we're saved by grace. You know, we're saved through faith in Him, and that's and that's that's the gift that we focus on um, yeah. <laughs> year round, but also you know now during the during the Christmas season. And one of the things that I think we catch a lot of heat for is we don't do Santa. We've yeah. never done Santa. Um, if there's anybody watching this who's got kids, cover their ears, but Santa's not real. You know, like... <laughs> no. <laughs> Did no. I just do that on your show? I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't realize. I'm sorry. But, like, we don't do it. We've never done it. And and the point was, there are some things in life that you... The point is, for us, is there are some things when we raise our kids that they're just going to take on faith. Yeah. And and they have to take Christ on faith because they don't get to see him. They yeah. see his word. They read his word. Uh, they see the evidence of creation all around us. They see everything, uh, you know, points to Jesus in this world, but you don't get to see him until yeah. eternity. So there are there are things that that they have to take on faith. So we so we didn't want to uh, confuse um, them. We don't do Easter Bunny. We don't do Santa Claus, uh, but we do the Tooth Fairy. We do the Tooth Fairy <laughs> because there's well, nothing my... there's nothing wrong with the you know the, with the free market exchange. You know, of, of goods <laughs> of and teeth. money. Yeah, teeth. And so money. we, yeah, yeah. in the Orthodox Church, we celebrate Saint Nicholas as one of okay. our most important saints. Cool. And he is especially known for slapping a heretic. <laughs> so, um, that there's the American <laughs> version of Santa yeah. Claus, which is the jolly white man of the beard, and that's all well and good. But there was an actual historical figure named Saint Nicholas, who is, um, you know, a heretic basher so. that's funny he slapped he slapped Arius. yeah, uh, according yeah. To um yeah, but yeah my my we i never believed in santa claus yeah not, not one day in my life did i and i don't think my mom um ever really did it i think we we read the one book that we read every year i think i have a copy oh let me just i have a book Ooh. called santa and the christ child and it's this book that my mom would read every year and to make sure that we, you know, we'd see Santa, but it, it turns Santa into. Wow. Look at that. He was at the, he was there, huh? So it, it's, it's not saying he was, it's, it's a story that recenters that even Santa bows to Christ. It's, 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 it's interesting. Nothing right. wrong with that. Yeah. But we I never I never believed in Santa. I'll I'll have to read you this story at some point, Jessica, because it's it's, it's... You, that is an interesting image, I gotta tell you. I was not prepared to take that in. Um, <laughs> but yeah. go ahead. I wanna put you I wanna I wanna put you guys like you know, uh, you know, a little bit of comfort here. My kids do know that they are not to go out and tell other kids that Santa doesn't exist. Okay, they're, not, they're, they're they're not the guys out on the they're not the kids out on the playground making people cry. That's not what. They do. I mean, that's, I, that's I not what up, I think they do. I came up in the American secular Christmas tradition. I remember yeah. being like six, and them doing Santa Claus stuff, and me thinking I'm a little too old for this. I I don't think kids for the most part actually believe in Santa Claus. I think everybody knows pretty early on that it's your parents I doing some. it. I yeah. Some. Oh really? I, oh, I knew someone who did. Well, I held on to it for as long as I could, um, just 
I think it was more of just like a like a utilitarian thing, you know. Well, my if my I, mom if didn't I pretend do it. to if I pretend to believe long enough, I'll keep getting these 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 good gifts. Right. I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my yeah. my mom didn't really. We didn't believe in Santa in the house, and she, um, her thing was it was similar to what you said was that um, when she got older and after she found out that Santa wasn't real, she then that called Jesus into question. Yeah. And so that's why she didn't she didn't do it with us. And like we'll play games with Santa, but not one of my children believe he's actually real. But yeah. we'll play kind of so we'll, we'll we've played some games and we'll read that story with with the understanding Santa's not real. But this is we're pointing away from the consumerist Christmas mm -hmm. towards the real reason for the season. Mm -hmm. And that's what that book is. It's kind of it's a it's a good memory. Like anything we can do to destroy the lexicon of the elf on the shelf monstrosity, I am all for. Because that is a <laughs> creepy tradition and I, I want it. it to die. The elf on it. the shelf. I oh love my it. God, I hate I, it so much. We sabotage my wife with that every chance. We just put the elf in all kinds. Well, my wife is my wife is easily scared. Uh, <laughs> oh. you know, which is great fun for the rest of us, right? So we just kind of that, that show that elf pops up in strange places and it's every time <laughs> you can hear her screaming throughout the house and we just giggle it's like oh got her again time to hide another place let's go terrible yep yep terrible <laughs> <laughs> and it's creepy right it's a creepy it's little so thing creepy yeah creepy. We, we love it we do it yeah this oh. is how she gets it all the time yep. well the good yeah. thing about santa and elf on the shelf is that it teaches children that the government's going to be looking over their shoulder their entire life <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> not so not guys, the best now I, now I have to rethink everything. Oh. Yeah. You did that on purpose, didn't you? Did you do that on purpose? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I do. Well, that, that's what's funny is because we have one and we're not, uh, Kaylee doesn't want to do it this year. I just always have fun doing weird things with it because it's a fun toy. Um, <laughs> and uh, I was, the, when I bought it, I was like, why does this make me think of the NSA? Why does this make yeah. me think of the NSA? <laughs> You're Sounds right. Creepy You're dude. Right. Like he has, he, apparently now he has operatives in your house reporting back. Like it's, it's creepy. Right. And it's like the whole, if you, if you don't behave in a certain way, you're not going to get the gift. Well, that's the kind of the opposite of the message really. No, and mean, that's why people got the vaccine. To get a gift, Ooh. they had to they had they had to behave a certain way. They're conditioned Ooh, at an early age. Yep. I'm yep. sorry, I didn't. I didn't. I just you know, I was, I'm reaching. You're good. I'm, re I'm reaching. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're good. Well, that's the thing. I I love Christmas. Like I, um, it, it. There are people like what you say. You know, people talk about Valentine's Day. You know, I love my wife all year. We don't need this this one day, this card hall, this Hallmark card holiday for it. But what I love about Christmas and what I love about Easter is that there are periods of time where you can really focus on the most important parts of the yeah. faith, faith. Mm -hmm. like really yeah. dig into these yep. like digging into the incarnation is so cool. Digging into the resurrection into yep. good Friday. Like these are such great times to not only center these ideas and, and, and really dig deep into theology and who God is and, you know what he means mm -hmm. what he said what he's done but it also just gives it such a fun atmosphere so it's very good for kids that you can 
start talking about Jesus and they get to see gifts and say, Jesus gave you the ultimate gift. It's these wonderful little tie-ins. And I, I appreciate the heck out of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know, in, in the Orthodox church, um, Easter um, is definitely a much bigger holiday than Christmas is, but not, you know, not by much. They're, they're really, you know, two of the most important days of the year is the nativity of Christ and then the resurrection of Christ. And so, um, that period where you start the nativity all the way up through Pentecost is just this really like Im important time to embrace your heritage as far as what you have been given, um, how you yeah. were given it and the process through which you were saved, you know, through, through, um, what am I trying to say? Through which you will be resurrected, mm -hmm. you know, through which your sin is purged. All of these mm -hmm. things are of vital importance. And yes, they're important all year. They're important to remember in June and July and all those kinds of things. But like, this is a special time of year. And Especially that's why we... since it's the darkest time of the year and the coldest yeah. time and the saddest time. It's like people who don't like Christmas, I don't understand them. People who don't like Easter, which is like the start of spring. Yeah. It's like, these, the, this is the, the darkest time of the year that could be the saddest. And for many people, it's a very sad part of the year, but we've got this hope and it's, it, we, it's, it starts at the sad part ends and we get the resurrection at the happy part of the year when the sun starts coming back out, when the, the flowers start to grow again. I'm not in California, of course, because you know, it's like that all the time. It is. <laughs> it is. At least down here. You go up north, it's a little cold. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. you know, during, like, during Pascha, the, the Christ is risen is, like, that's, you know, something that we're shouting back and forth at each other because it's such a pivotal event in our church calendar. And, like, our liturgies start out with our priest coming out and his hands are up in the air. And his Christ is risen from the dead. And it's it's a huge part of the year. So this nativity is the lead up to Pascha. Mm -hmm. And so um, during nativity, we do a fast. And so I'm in a fasting period right now. It's, it's not important that I'm fasting, but it that the fasting period is like a spiritual boot camp. Mm -hmm. And you're really trying to like dig down and, and get in touch with, you know, the important aspects of your faith during this time. And um, that's why we were focused on doing these pre-records so that we could have the month of December um, off so that it can be focused on, you know, like the church events are numerous and there's a lot of extra uh, services to go to. And, you know, I'm just really, really excited and grateful, you know, glory to God for bringing me home to, to, to church, you know, cool. so I could be there for this season. I'm so excited for it. That's cool. That's cool. Um, so much beauty yes. that, that, people miss out on like i because i've taught like i'm not a thanksgiving appreciator uh I, I it's fine you know like whatever it's practice for christmas um it's a warm-up <laughs> it's it's junior varsity it's a warm-up yeah. It, yeah and it's and it's like it's so it's like when people say that their favorite holiday is thanksgiving because you just eat and it's not stressful and this that and the other i'm like why are you doing christmas so wrong yeah you first of all if you think Thanksgiving, it just is 
you just eat and it's not stressful, you're obviously not a woman because this is like the Super Bowl right now for us. I was thinking the right. same thing. I was like, don't tell my wife Thanksgiving's not yeah. stressful. Don't Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. And then secondly, as Americans, um, we've been living in like almost never ending prosperity as far as yeah. food goes. So the idea that we're just like going to gorge ourselves, it's like, when do we not gorge ourselves? Yeah. You know, if anything, well, I appreciate that this is actually a fasting period because I'm like, it's something different. You know, there there is a difference here to fast at this time. And and I appreciate that because gorging, I could do that any time of the year. I, I'm convinced that people I do. only, only I love do. turkey as much as they do on Thanksgiving because that's the only time they cook it. And I believe that the only time they cook it is because it's not worth the the amount of time it's a terrible bird it's a terrible bird bird. it's a terrible bird like chickens are better the the best y'all dude chickens are awesome the best turkey i ever ate was mediocre right and it's not it's terrible it's a terrible bird and i know we're we're gonna make a lot of people angry when we say that but it's it is definitely an, an inferior bird it is you know um righteous felon makes a really good turkey jerky Okay. So I will give them props for that because they did find a way to make turkey good. But I generally you agree with you. You have to dehydrate it. You have to dehydrate, you have to dehydrate it. it and then cover okay. it in peppercorns. But it's really good. Right. <laughs> well, it's like, really good. Sounds great. I and mean, I'm not even joking. It does sound great yeah. because I like yeah. turkey. Yeah, you know? turkey's yeah. good. <laughs> but like, no, it's like turkey. It's like uh, they, they're like, oh, well, you must not know how to cook a turkey. I have had turkey made i've made it myself my wife has made it i've had my mother make turkeys i've had my father smoke turkeys i've had fried turkeys i went to a gourmet restaurant and had someone make turkey if you don't have the the gravy with the drippings turkey is nothing yeah it's now the gravy is what's good like pouring gravy on everything on your plate that's what's good so just admit that you like gravy it's okay gravy's great I don't I I have talked to my wife for a couple of years now. I need to get a new smoker because I think next year is going to be the uh Thanksgiving of smoked brisket. Ooh, I'm coming to your think. house, dude. That's what I think it's gonna be. Yeah. Make room because... for the greens. We're coming. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you look happy or unhappy right now. That sounds great. That sounds <laughs> Yeah, this is really good. I just, I'm like because Ham on Christmas. I'm but, gonna, you know. you know what I'm gonna do? I think that's I'm gonna following Tell in your me, footsteps. Man. I'm gonna do this, dude. Thing. I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah. It's a little too late. Sorry, it's over. But maybe next year. Yeah. Yeah. Brisket I'm, new new brisket tradition because turkey is a trash bird. It's it Let's, is. I don't shoot turkey it. But I think they're begun. just fun. Wouldn't they be? I think they're part of the reason why they eat it is it's an easy bird to kill. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know and. And if you're, if you know, the tradition goes back to, you know, the pilgrims and, you know, they're not doing so hot. It's wintertime. They might die. And that was an easy bird to kill and cook and eat. Um, I will. But, but I don't think that. Yeah. Yeah. Bow hunters like who long bow hunt. And I'm talking about literal like Native American bow mm-hmm. hunting. They hunt turkey mm-hmm. because it's an easy bird to kill with a bow and arrow. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I was which, watching. Which speaks to which speaks to its lack of intelligence, frankly. Right. <laughs> it's a but I, I was I was talking to a food scientist um, a couple weeks ago that I met on uh, online, and he was saying the problem with turkey is the way that we farm it. 
Um, he said wild turkeys are a little bit better, but the way they farm turkeys and the way they're kind of made today mm -hmm. is it's impossible to not make them dry because in order to cook it all the way through, I think it's the one of the parts I want to say the um, the legs. No, no, no. The, the legs take longer to cook. And so the breasts are usually dry by the time the legs are fully cooked. Mm -hmm. And he's he was saying you have you're going to have a dry turkey. So learn how to make gravy because it is great with gravy. And I'd be like, it's okay with gravy, but I hear what he's saying. But if you know what you're doing, I mean, I've prepared probably 15 birds in my time on this planet. Um, I know what I'm doing. So like, it's if you follow not great, is it? I mean, it's it's because the bird itself is not it's it's yeah. flavorless. And that might have something to do with the farming. But as far as making a bird that's moist, you know what you're doing and you follow traditional methods, it comes out fine. Um, you just have to know well, what you're he, doing. He was saying you have to kind of choose between good skin or fully cooked, essentially. Well, like the was, skin is was... where all the vitamins are, so you got to have good skin. <laughs> That's where all the vitamins are. You got to eat the skin. It's the best part of the of the bird. <laughs> Any bird, duck, yeah. chicken, whatever. And that, that's where all the vitamins duck. are. Yeah. Well, and it's so funny. <laughs> like all you the could... vitamins are. What was funny was I was I was on. Follow I, me for I more health my... tips. Yeah. <laughs> I, do my, I do my Christmas. Um, uh, what's the word? Uh, troll every year, starting November first. Say Merry Christmas and pisses everybody off. Um, well, someone butted against me uh, earlier, who and they put a picture of someone with a goose, and I was like, I know you don't realize that's a goose. You think it's a turkey, and you're fighting me. But it's not a turkey. That's a goose you got there. <laughs> Have you had goose? Goose is no. great. No. I actually really like goose. Goose is fattier. And, it's a um, Christmas meat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it does. Because Christmas you know, has the best meats. Yeah. It's like, um, I don't know if you've ever had duck before, but goose is mm -hmm. similar to duck as far as like texture and flavor. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's fattier. So not a lot of people um, enjoy fat, you know, fatty meat anymore. But that's where the flavor is, kids. So, yeah. and with turkey, you have to apps like cover it in butter, which is you know people are afraid of butter now too. So this I, that's why I think you're getting all these dry birds because people just don't know how to use fat anymore. But you know, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, like I don't, that. I don't care for turkey. It's going to be a brisket. It's brisket season next year. You're we're gonna we're gonna plan yeah, this. There's fat and brisket I'm too. That's board. good. Yeah. Oh we're, yeah. We're we're, mm. we're 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 going full brisket. We're we're, we're getting off the plantation and we're, we're going with brisket. <laughs> good. So that's good. Uh, we have hit our hour and 30 minute mark, which means we are nearing the end. Um, so here's the big question that we do on the show is we typically talk. Uh, we're a, a, a show, a show, we're a show, we're a show of hope. We believe in hope. There's a lot of okay. people yes. right now, like we talked about earlier, who are very what uh, malice would call black pilled. Um, mm -hmm. they're people who are very sad, very depressed, people who've lost their jobs, people who've mm -hmm. lost family members, people who've died, they know who've died by suicide over the last almost two years. Yeah. Hugh, almost two years. Yeah. Can you We've believe been doing it? this for a while. Yeah. And or two years actually, since it first started in China. But uh China. Um China. China. Um, are we all gonna try but, it? China. <laughs> So I can't, here's, here's I can't the do trick. the voice. Here's the trick. You're not saying China. You're saying the second part of a woman's genitals. China. 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 
China. See, it's it's what it All is. Right. I'm telling you, that's the trick. China, China, China. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> but uh, due to that, um, we like to end our shows with the question: What gives you hope right now? What is something that helps motivate you? Helps you carry on? Helps you continue? Well, so for you're asking me, yeah. So yeah. it's this topic, dude. It's um. I mean, you, you got a fundamental Baptist on your hands right now. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get into the gospel, right? So it's Christ. It's all. That's all it is. That's what gives me hope. This. Yeah. This is. This is the reason. This is the season for hope. When we celebrate yeah. the birth of Christ, we we look to Him uh, to save us. We look to Him to to give us eternity. Um, without without, I mean, there's nothing in this world that 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 is that isn't going to perish. Right, the only hope you have yeah. in in eternity is in Christ. That is it, and uh, anything short of that is, is to me is is uh, is is empty. Right, so yeah. um, this is the season for that. I think I think you have you ask who, you ask what gives me hope. Christ gives me hope. Christ mm -hmm. is the reason why I'm able to keep moving every day. Um, why I'm okay with being on the outside looking in, being in the world but not of yeah. the world, uh, working, kind of uh, being the weirdo around that nobody can understand because I'm not like them. <laughs> um, Christ gives me that hope and, and I'm raising my family on that. I'm, I'm living my life on that and I'm putting everything that I have mentally, spiritually in that. So, uh, you know, that's it. That's, that's what I've got, man. Hope in Christ in Christ yeah, alone. Man. There's nothing else. Yeah. You know, I agree. And well, that, and that's, that's why you can't ask me every week because I'm just going to be talking about the resurrection and being able to hug Jesus, that's that, that that's that's going to be my answer. Because like, yeah, yeah. I mean, just imagine that moment where you actually see Jesus face to face, and mm -hmm. you're able to, and He's going to hug you. Like, let's let's be real. You're, he's going to hug you. And could you imagine? Yeah. Can you imagine that moment? I can't. I can, but I. I I'll just be a ball of tears. <laughs> yeah, let's not let's. I, I've got this image of like tough masculinity that I'm trying to keep going here. If you if you if you push me down that road too far, that's all going to come falling apart. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to keep I'm trying to keep that here. I'm trying to keep my masculinity as well. But I, I'm going to hug that dude. It's like when I met uh, Josh Smith. Like I don't know if you've if you've met him before, but like not. dude, that is easily the biggest bear hug I've ever gotten in my entire life. Oh yeah. <laughs> that dude, I, I mean, I, I was surprised he didn't pick me up and crack my back. That's how that's how much of a bear hug it was. And so it's these little moments that, you know, we need human touch. And I'm saying yeah. I'm excited about Jesus, but I mean like people right now need human interaction and touch mm, yeah. and affection. And it's been withheld from them or threatened away from them for two years now. Yes. And it's and it's Christmas and Jesus came to set the captives free. And that's yeah, what we're doing with this yep. with this show. I mean, we talked about a lot of political stuff in the past, but I'm I would say with how we're talking, what we're doing now, I'm more of a freedom fighter than I was when I was just talking about liberty. Nice. Yeah. And that's, that's I'm good. happy to be there. I'm that's that's where I should be. Through Christ is the ultimate liberty. It's the ultimate Absolutely. freedom. Yeah. yeah. Now the Lord is a spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's so with that, is there anything else you'd like to impart upon our wonderful listeners right before Christmas, which is Saturday? Yeah. I so um those days, right? <laughs> well, I don't I mean, I don't you know, 
we we touched on a lot of things. Uh, talk about Joseph, I think, and and the Holy Family. Talked a little bit about Mary. Talked a lot about Jesus. Uh, I imagine your 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 audience is um, relatively well versed in 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 spiritual things and in Christian godly things. But if you have anybody, I don't, I'm going to put, I'm going to put this out there because you don't get an opportunity to do this very often. Um, if there's anybody listening or watching that is unsure of, of what this is all about and wants some clarification, I'm going to give you my email address. That's okay. qabolitionist at gmail.com. And you can send me any questions you have. And if I don't have the answers, I will help you find the answers uh, when it comes to nice. uh, when it comes to Christianity, when it comes to salvation, and how you know whether or not you're going to heaven, how you know whether or not the you're, you have you have an eternity with Christ, uh, because the option the other option is not great. Yeah. You know, you're going to spend eternity somewhere, and you might want to figure out where that is. And uh, yeah. if you have any questions on how you can figure that out, contact me. I'm sure Cam, I'm sure Jessica can help you out too, but I'm just speaking for myself. You know, you can, you can, you can give me a, you can call on me and I'll help you figure it out. Yeah. Also, me, if you join... contact me, I'm just going to pass you along to Cam, by the way, <laughs> because he can attest to the hours I've spent bawling to him about whether I'm a good fish or not. <laughs> also, you are a part of our Bible study. I am. Sorry. And uh, so if anyone wants to join that, just tweet at me at Cam Harless and I will put you into both the Twitter message as well as the discord. Um, and if they want to find outside of your email, qabolitionist at gmail.com. If you want to follow Q on Twitter, yep. that's uh, Q underscore at Q underscore abolitionist. I'm like a, he, I'm like a G, like a PG kind of, troll i don't know you know i'm not the, i'm not like the worst guys out there but i you know i like you, you can play in the sandbox people. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he also has a show called unshackled liberty the link is in the description um i tried to go to the website on your twitter account and it didn't go anywhere dude i don't know what's going on with my show i'll be honest with you we we uh you know gumbo and i are are uh are are working through some things. So recently, just to give you a backstory, but we both um, moved from Hawaii recently. We, you know, oh. we started the show. We lived down the street from each other in Eva Beach, Hawaii, and uh, you know, we've worked together uh, quite a bit. We've known each other for for probably about a little over ten years now. And um, he moved to the East Coast. He now lives in Jacksonville, Florida. I live in San Diego, California. Um, trying to get our schedules to link up to do to do uh, shows and episodes yeah. um, on a on a recurring basis. We you know it's 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 real hard. So we have a lot of episodes out there, um, some goofy stuff that you can you know you can listen to. The website I stopped funding. You know I okay. just kind of let it go because I just was like uh, you know I don't know what we're doing there. Um, but it's a good show. We enjoy it, and we will be releasing more episodes. It's just we don't have we we can't we're not able to keep a good schedule right now, you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, and if and if if you ever want to come back, our doors are open to talk about all kinds of other things. So, I, I love talking. Yeah, talk, talking nice. is fun. <laughs> uh, so with that, we will um, we'll pull you off the screen, and we'll go through our my long list of things that are coming up and where you can find us uh, but thank you for coming on thank you for joining the bible study yeah man thank I'm you glad. for I'm glad you're doing it that's uh, good I, I i think that it's right now it's in a really cool place and i yep. think that um i think it's going to grow into something really great and i'm glad you're a part of it because i i, I could, I could use it. 
I, I, you know, I could always use some backup, so I'm not the only one going, okay, let me put on my, <laughs> my theology cap and <laughs> well, I don't know how much like of a, a theology guy I am. I just, I, I, I just, I mean, I've been, I've been a Christian for about 25 years and, and I've been reading the Bible for a while and I got some, you know, some good, I've, I've had some wonderful mentors. I've had some really good pastors that have kind of led me along the way and, and shown me some things that I've learned a lot from, but uh, I just appreciate the opportunity to be part of your Bible study and, and I'm having a good time with it. And this world, this space that we're in, this Liberty sphere, I mean, mm -hmm. We um we interface with a lot of degenerates, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. I say that as lovingly as possible. Putting it you know, mildly. You know what I'm trying to say, right? Like, yeah. We and 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 to your credit, Jessica, you hit it right on the head. You know, the you know Christ is liberty. This is mm -hmm. that's yeah. where that's where freedom is. That's where liberty is. And if we can if we can reach the liberty community for Christ, uh, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of awesome stuff that 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 we can do as a as a community, you know, yeah. frankly. Well, and that's, that's one of those conversations I had with, um, uh, Iowa Ancap. I don't know if you know him. Mm -mm. Um, but we were, I was talking to him about the show at one point and he was like, you know what? I'm a pastor and I can't reach the people that you can because I, he said that, um, what was it? That if a prison minister had told him, if you're going to teach in prisons, you better learn how to cuss. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. He said, you know, there, there are people who will only hear you if you speak their language. And he said, I'm not saying you're vulgar sense. or cuss too much because I don't I, I have kind of cut that out completely. But yeah, we've been doing a really good job, haven't we? Good for us. <laughs> we have been. Uh, but the cool thing is, is, you know, they're in this space that we were in and are kind of moving out of, but are staying adjacent to. Mm -hmm. uh, we're able to talk to people that we couldn't have otherwise. Yeah. If we hadn't, you know, been trolls, if we hadn't, yeah. if we hadn't fought the same things or had the same feelings about that. So I'm very excited about it. Um, but again, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. I appreciate you. you. Appreciate you. And uh, I, I meant to tell you this beforehand. If you want to hang out for after, feel free to hang out and okay, we'll we'll, we'll be back. But awesome, we got to talk to these people now. <laughs> okay. Right. All right. So you people. Am I going to call them beautiful or ugly this time? I think you should call them beautiful. It is the Christmas season after That's all. True. That's true. That's true. That's true. Hello, you beautiful people. Um, we have one more show left this year, and that's it. You'll notice uh, over the last couple of weeks, they've been dwindling down. Usually I have four that I'm showing you. I've only got one to tell you about because we've got some cool stuff coming, and all of that information will come later. Uh, right. But... Our New Year's Eve episode is coming up, and we are going to be joined by the very great Dent at Dent in the World on Twitter, as well as um, Mr. Brad Binkley from uh, the Propaganda Report, which I happen to be wearing their shirt right now. Um, <laughs> so join us. It was for a that. very We're going sensual, to, like I, well, I had to move the hair out of the way. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I had to, I had, like, you know, Adam and Eve, the, all the pictures have the hair covering the nipples. I had to yeah, yeah, let it out. Um, but <laughs> that's next week. We're going to have a uh, sort of New Year's Eve party, talk about the, the last year, what we've gone through, what we've learned, what we're looking forward to in yeah. the coming year. So join us for that. Uh, beyond be that, um, like we've talked about a couple times now, we have a Bible study. If you want to join it, uh, we are talking about Luke and Acts at this point. 
and we'd love to have you. We'd love to walk you through that as we walk through it ourselves and learn and talk. And we haven't argued yet, but you know, there are going to be times where there's points of disagreement, like we had with uh, talking about Joseph earlier in this episode, where we kind of look at the different things, the history of it, stuff like that. It's a fun time. Yeah, it's Tweet one of me. those one of those very rare spaces on the internet where you can actually have a disagreement about theology or tradition, and it d- doesn't devolve into like screaming chaos and terror. So yeah. I really appreciate that because it is a unique space. If you bring the chaos, I will remove you. (laughs) (laughs) But also, it's a huge sausage fest in there. So, you know, I'd love to get another lady in the Bible study. That'd be great. So, ladies, hello. (laughs) Ladies, hello. (laughs) Um, Get yourself a mug. I put so many of them out there now. I think there are 14 different mugs. Half of them are regular coffee mugs. The other half are like camping coffee mugs. Two of them have my cartoon face on it one of them has mine and jessica's cartoon face on it and and our our other logos soon you'll see the new logo for the new year so just it's not there yet you have to wait uh you can do that at the mad one shop dot etsy.com for that um beyond that get some coffee to put in that mug at rymcoffee.com use promo code Mm -hmm. the mad ones 10 percent off righteous felon.com mad ones get yourself some of that turkey jerky that Jessica loves the only good turkey. It's righteous <laughs> felon turkey. <laughs> and beyond that, if you're listening to us, you can watch us every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern time on YouTube. And it will also be on Rockfin and Odyssey at the same time. But if you want to chat with us and see your comments come up on screen, youtube.com slash the mad ones, uh, join our Patreon, help us out. Like and subscribe, help yes. us get, our algorithm up so that we can get super chats. You guys, come on. We, we want the super chats. <laughs> super chats. We, we, we want this to pay for itself. That's it. The super chats. <laughs> so join our Patreon as well, because uh, we didn't do a good job at hiding the fact that we pre-recorded this, but no. everyone, we, we've had people comment. You've seen their comments come up. If you want to pe- be a part of the people who get to see the shows early when we have someone that's overseas or we have to record off schedule, that's the way to see it. You can be a part of the show every week that way, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patreon.com slash the mad ones. Uh, beyond that, I'm a, I'm on Twitter at Cam Harless. Jessica's on Twitter at Soup Canarchist. If you want a shirt, we are the madones.com slash store. And uh, we're on all the podcatchers. I don't know what else to tell you. That's all I've got for you. You got anything before Christmas? Any no, wise Christmas uh, words? Wise Christmas words. I definitely don't have any of those. But um, <laughs> you guys just stay safe out there. Make good decisions. And um, try not to control. drive after too much celebration. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and so with that, we love you. Merry Christmas. And as always, you have a chance to be a light in the world. Go light it up.